Did you know 90% of the world's data was discovered just in the last two years? And you have access to much of that knowledge right at your fingertips on your phone. What an incredible time to be alive, right? And yet with all this knowledge, are we any better for it? We see growing mental illness, political polarization, climate crisis, racial reckoning. We're burnt out and our divisions seem to grow, not shrink. Has all this knowledge made us any better at life? We have an abundance of knowledge and a scarcity of wisdom, but we need wisdom right now because wisdom is all about developing the discernment and the character to know how to turn knowledge into a life well lived, which is something we all want. We all want to live well and data just isn't going to get us there. So during the season of Epiphany here at Salt House, we are seeking wisdom from the wisdom tradition in the Bible. We'll explore the three wisdom literature books. It's fun to think of them embodied as characters. So let us introduce you to Proverbs, the bright young teacher who teaches you how to be good at life. But then meet Ecclesiastes, the cynic grad student who isn't afraid to get into the darker truths of existence. And then there's our friend Job the weathered old man who's seen it all, life at its best and its worst, and found God in the ashes. To these three, we'll add the unique irrational wisdom of love from the book called The Song of Songs on the Sunday closest to Valentine's Day. And lastly, we'll hear from the foolish wisdom of Jesus that turns our worlds upside down. Each of these books of wisdom seem completely different from each other, yet holding them together, we see a full picture of biblical wisdom. Even in their differences, they all agree on two things. First, if you want wisdom, all you need is what the Bible calls the fear of the Lord, which is another way of saying you must start with the beginner's mind, that humble stance that says, God, you're the teacher and I'm the student. I know enough to know that I don't know. And second, if you want wisdom, you got to ask. You got to want it and must have a curious desire to become wise. The good news is that God promises to give wisdom freely and generously to absolutely anyone who wants it and is willing to learn. So do you want it? Do you desire wisdom? Then join us now as we are together seeking wisdom. Woo! Yeah, good stuff, right? Ryan, I want to say you took off your mask. I was like, oh, he shaved his beard. Like, your beard is, like, much smaller. And it was like, I didn't even know. So thank you for that. That Job thing, the old man. Yeah, you got to not, not, not look too much like Job. Got it. Yep, got it. Oh, friends. Man, just a word. Man, I have a little bit of vertigo this morning. So, like, I'm okay, but I might be a little, might be hanging onto the, the stand a little bit. Um, and, yeah, just good morning. Good morning. I wondered, have you seen the movie Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix? Has anyone seen that? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I just wanna, I'll just go talk to her about it. Um, uh, so do you, do you know about it? Have you seen, like, have you heard of it, anything? Okay. Yeah. So it's the semi-autobiographical story about Jonathan Larson, the creator of the rock musical Rent. Are you familiar with Rent? Yeah, yeah. So before writing Rent, Jonathan Larson, he wrote a lot, including Tick, Tick, Boom, which is this one-man rock musical. 
I just like think that's hilarious. Like, um, and so the movie on Netflix is that show where Jonathan Larson, played by Andrew Garfield, tells of how he hears this ticking in the background, like time is running out because he's staring down his 30th birthday and has not made it as a theater composer in New York after a decade of trying. And it's a story about creativity and art and struggle and friendship and love and failure and vocation, and it's all set in New York City in the early 1990s. So I love the musical Rent, which some of you know, and so like watching Tick, Tick, Boom really tapped me into my own like past and Jonathan Larson's work, and when I, would, I skipped class with my friends at PLU, and we waited in line all day to get tickets to see Rent in the front row, which we did. We did it twice, and I've seen it like seven other times since then, and so Rent, its music and its story, it really influenced my life, just as it changed the landscape of what musical theater on Broadway could be. Like, it could be rock and roll, and it could talk about AIDS and being queer. Jonathan breaking that mold made the way for others like Lin-Manuel Miranda with Hamilton. So as you can see, I'm really taken by all of it. Um, but what I want to do, I just want us to hear a small piece of one of the songs that comes at the end of Tick, Tick, Boom, just as a great reference point for us for where we're going to head in scripture today together, okay? So it's just a small snippet. We're going to drop into the last times through the chorus of this song, Louder Than Words. And we're in the theater joining Jonathan Larson, Sandra Garfield, but Jonathan Larson, who's at the piano on stage with the band in this monologue, rock monologue that he's doing. He's singing the final song from his show in front of the audience. So that's like what we're dropping into. So see if you can catch the lyrics for the chorus in it, okay? So this is Louder Than Words. And then there's this big finish to the song and to the movie that happens. And I just wanted us to feel some of that emotion and hear those words. Did you catch the lyrics? It says, cages or wings, which do you prefer? Ask the birds. Fear or love, baby, don't say the answer. Actions speak louder than words. So both musicals, Rent and Tick, Tick, Boom, they bring together such passion and playfulness, like with this pressing urgency that life matters, love matters, that what we do matters, and today is the only day that we're guaranteed. So how are you going to choose to live it? Which is like, so my jam. <laughs> but it's also the jam of wisdom literature in the Bible, that wisdom is what enables us to live well, to make the most of this life that we've been given. And as our video trailer just named that this is our conversation, right? We're seeking wisdom, which we kicked off last Sunday. So friends, can you let yourself just be in touch with that place of desire, this longing for a good life? 
for me, this is why I follow Jesus, right? This way that puts wisdom into practice. But we all have this longing to live well. So just let that urgency be present with you this morning. This is also the longing for wisdom. So I wanted us to hear a little bit of this song because that chorus, in just a very few words, it actually lays out some key pieces about wisdom as we find it in the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs is where we're headed this morning. And the plan is for us to understand the kind of wisdom that Proverbs offers and how we access and essentially how we wield this wisdom um, in our lives, even here and now today, as part of a life well lived. All right, you ready for that? All right, let's do it. So what do you know about the book of Proverbs? Last week, we suggested that Proverbs, if she were a persona, that she would be this brilliant young teacher, right? You got it, right? <laughs> so uh, she's... This is, so this is all stuff that people from the um, Bible Project came up with, so huge credit to them. But So Proverbs is not just smart. She's like super smart about everything. Relationships, family, work, sex, spirituality, and she's incredibly insightful about things that you wouldn't see on your own. When you need really specific advice, she's the friend to ask because she's the most practical of, of all the wisdom literature. So what makes Proverbs so smart? Well, she can see things that most people don't see. She believes that there's an invisible creative force in the universe that can guide people in how they should live. And just like gravity, like we can't see this force, but it affects everything that we do. In Hebrew, it's called chokmah, and it usually gets translated in English as wisdom. So chokmah, wisdom, so get this, wrap your brain around this. So chokmah is an attribute of God that God used to create the world. And chokmah has been woven then into the fabric of things and just how they work. So people, we, when we tap into chokmah, we do that whenever we're making good or just or wise decisions. And we are working against chokmah whenever we make a bad or destructive decision. It's the way of the wise or the way of the fool. Or as it says in Proverbs chapter 1, the waywardness of fools will destroy them, but the, ones who, but the one who listens to wisdom lives in security. It's like the moral law of the universe. When a direct, it has this direct cause and effect pattern that no one can escape. It's just happening all around us. So choose wisely, right? So Proverbs personifies all of this as a woman. So we're going to talk about Proverbs as this like wise teacher, but also Proverbs in, in Proverbs talks about a woman and personifies wisdom as lady wisdom. Lady wisdom runs around the earth calling out, making herself available to anyone who is willing to listen to her and to learn. So she is Hokmah. She is wisdom. Hokmah is here calling to you. Will you listen and will you respond and move with this force or will you move against it? What makes it possible for us to live uh, in, in, in response to and answer this call of Lady Wisdom and make a good life for ourselves, how we do that, as our, as our series trailer reminds us, man, it begins with, with what uh, wisdom literature calls the fear of the Lord. Now remember, so wisdom isn't just an impersonal force, it's an actual attribute of God. And so in Hebrew thought, our journey is becoming, to becoming wise has to begin with this fear of the Lord. 
It is that standing in awe of Yahweh. And in Proverbs, Proverbs describes this as a healthy respect for God's definition of good and evil, that God has an order to things and true wisdom then means learning those boundaries and not crossing them. So all of that so far, so all of those ideas are, are uh, all in what we, it's what we find in the first nine chapters of Proverbs. So we meet Lady Wisdom there. She says a lot of things about wisdom versus folly and fear of the Lord and this whole picture of Hokmah wisdom. It's all there in those first nine chapters. And those first nine chapters, they are also these longer poems that are in many ways like evocative love poetry. They're connected to Song of Songs, which we'll talk about in a few weeks. But they're really sensual, as in appealing to the senses. And, though, and through these poems, we hear and smell and see images of delight, of fine things and rich food and the smell of honey. And it's intended to evoke desire, like, mm, don't you hunger for this wisdom? Well, here I am. Come and find it. Now, you may be picking up on how Proverbs is also a good teacher because she's trying to model a way of wisdom, not just by like pushing forth her like own ideas, not just like here's some more knowledge, but really trying to form students with an appetite who can go out in the world and search and encounter all of these fools and wise people and find things and honey and be able to discern amongst all of the competing voices. Like, what is the way of wisdom? What is the right course to follow? So Proverbs is a brilliant teacher for teaching a way to practice wisdom. And she does that through the form of what we know as these proverbial sayings, like the things that we just got to hear read right into the microphone, right? Those proverbial sayings, those little snippets, that's what packs chapters 10 through the end of the book of Proverbs, and that's chapter 31, so 21 chapters of it. It's a collection of hundreds and hundreds of Proverbs about any and all aspects of life. And so this brilliant teacher, Proverbs, is saying wisdom is supposed to be about everyday ordinary things, those everyday ordinary things like loaning money and parenting and gossip and farming and harvesting, napping and trusting. All of these things are spiritual things and are the very places where we tap into hokmah, into wisdom. That hokmah, it, it isn't lofty like physical philosophical ideals, but truly woven into how we live with our everyday stuff. So a lot of Proverbs is, it's about our senses, yes, and also observations about daily life lived in the world. And that's uh, one thing that makes this book so relevant and so easy to digest. Like in Proverbs 6, where it says, study the ant, my lazy friend, Learn its ways and be wise. It does not have a boss or any, anyone to give orders or supervise, yet it readies its storehouse in summer and gathers its food in the autumn. So studying the ant and observing its ways can be a lesson in wisdom and a lesson about who God is. Or There's also one of my favorite Proverbs is Proverbs 26.11, which says, Just as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats their folly. Isn't that amazing that dog vomit is in the Bible? I mean, that's pretty great. And that dogs have been doing this thing for 3,000 years. <laughs> like, oh. 
And yet, it, and it speaks to anyone who's ever had a dog, but it also, what's happening is that this is a really vivid and evocative image, right? It calls to my actual sensory response, like a smell, right? It calls upon all of our senses, and that's one way that the wisdom works, that it's not just words on a page, but it's these images and smells and sounds, and all of it is training us to think about our daily reality and how we might come to understand it in a different way. And we don't necessarily expect the Bible to do that for us, right? We don't think about what the Bible smells like. We just kind of skim, we could, we could just skim over that verse. Okay, dog vomit, fool folly, got it. But then when you give it a pause, you're like, yeah, dog vomit is gross. And, and we begin to make the comparison about how returning to the same folly again and again, man, I guess that's gross too. Like, when have I done that? Which is like what we're supposed to do with it. We're supposed to get drawn into what the proverb evokes in us. This verse is also, another one is also, um, it's a good example of how the word proverb actually means. I mean, I thought the word proverb would be like good advice or like words to live by, you know, or wisdom. I thought that's what proverb would mean, but it means a comparison. It means an analogy. Isn't that interesting? Is that enough about dog vomit or is this? Okay. Okay, one more. So, is, so proverb is when we, you compare one thing to another, dog vomit to fool folly, and then the similarity or the difference invites you to ponder and then reflect and learn, and this is what we find in much of those 21 chapters of little nuggets of wisdom, like what we heard earlier. Also, here's just a few more of those little nuggety things. The glory of young people is their energy. The beauty of elders is their gray hair. I like that one. <laughs> and uh, the wealthy and the poor, the wealthy and the poor, they share a common bond. Yahweh is the creator of us all. Or another one, fresh honey has no appeal for the sated, but even the bitter tastes sweet to the hungry. Just as water reflects one's face, the heart reflects one's true self. Man, comparisons, right? Like we're comparing these things and you could spend some time on any of those. So as we've said, Proverbs are intended to engage our senses. They are about everyday things because they are spiritual things where we encounter hokmah, the wisdom of God, and they are comparisons that draw us in. And these poetic, pithy Proverbs also were intentionally structured as short and memorable for a reason. I also started with a song clip today because I wanted to kind of get something stuck in your head because this is actually how Proverbs are supposed to work. Like an earworm, Proverbs are supposed to be like the song that is stuck on loop in your head. Actions speak louder than words, right? So we'd be singing that. Or maybe I should have started with We Don't Talk About Bruno <laughs> to make that point about the earworm. Talk about stuck in your head. So, so Proverbs are these short Phrases because they're supposed to be memorized really easily. That's how they were intended for use, to be used in teaching and instruction so that a parent could be like, oh, I don't know what to do in this parenting moment. Oh, here's what it is. Like, it's just with you, right? That's also how the wisdom works. So Proverbs should be like that song that's stuck in your head so that they are with you, so that when you do come upon that situation, parenting or otherwise, but in your normal life, it might call to mind a proverb that might help you reflect on that situation in a different way. Again, that's how the wisdom is designed to work. This is what makes Proverbs a book that is really practical. 
It wants you to take it out for a test drive. It's not something you can sit and read in a library and like memorize and like become wise. No, to tap into chokmah. We would do that by responding wisely. And it's when you take those sayings themselves and you put them into the conversation with your own life and experience and you see what happens when those two things brush up against each other. Again, it invites you to ponder and then reflect and to learn. Which means that tapping into wisdom, chokmah, it does not mean following like really strict, legalistic, uh, black and white rules. Which side note, like just for me personally... Man, that was such a good thing for me to discover about Proverbs because I get kind of reactionary to how the Bible is too often used as a precise prescription for like moralistic behavior, that there's this stark line between right and wrong, and faith is about being on the correct side of that line and managing our sins appropriately. That is such like a a sad and minimized way to read what faith and what following Jesus can be. So the Proverbs are not like precisely prescriptive in that way, uh, nor do we memorize them so that we have the precise answer for every situation because no book can do that for us, right? Like no library books could do that for us. But this wisdom of Proverbs is more like a puzzle that we have to work at and ponder. It hooks our senses. It gets stuck in our ear and we have to play with it to learn how to actually apply it in real time. One of the most common examples of how, this, how Proverbs are somewhat nuanced is in Proverbs 26, where it says, do not answer a fool according to their folly. Do not answer a fool according to their folly, or you yourself will be just like them. And we read that, we're just like, yeah, cool, got it. That's applicable for most comment sections and retweets on social media, got it. Like, don't respond to the fool, got it. But then the very next verse says, Answer a fool according to their folly. Like, do answer a fool according to their folly, or they will be wise in their own eyes. So it says the exact opposite thing in the very next verse. So you're like, wait, so I should call out the foolishness, or I I should stay quiet? Like, which is it? And the answer to this, of course, is it depends. It can go either way because it's contextual, which is why we need that beginner's mind, the fear of the Lord, to hear Lady Wisdom and how she is calling in this particular moment with this wisdom that we carry with us. And then if we act in the way of wisdom and design our life with these sayings, Proverbs says, life, life is good. Life is going to be good for you. Just listen to how good things go and with wisdom, and, and then just you'll, you'll be good. So... Um, so here's like an example of that in Proverbs 3, where, um, where Proverbs says this about Lady Wisdom. She says, Happy are you when you find wisdom, when you develop discernment, for she is more profitable than silver and brings yields greater than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you can conceivably desire will equal, equal her value. She holds long life in one hand and riches and honor in the other Her paths are pleasant ones, and all her roads lead to peace. She is a tree of life for those who embrace her, and all who hold fast to her find happiness. For it was through her that Yahweh laid the earth's foundations, through her that the heavens were set in place. By God's knowledge, the depths were deepened, and clouds dropped down dew. So peace, health, happiness... Like, yeah, please. Yeah, it builds our desire, right? Like, give me, give me some of that. 
Those are some big promises that wisdom is making, but we see how it's often the case, right? That wise people, they tend to do better. Things usually work out well for them in life, and so that is the promise and the wisdom of the book of Proverbs. So we could stop there with things feeling pretty straightforward, but Proverbs isn't just like the kind kindergarten teacher. She's like the tough love middle school science teacher, right? She like makes it really clear that this is a big deal. And she's saying actually at this whole conversation about whether to follow the way of wisdom or folly, like this matters because this is the stuff of life and death. So just listen. So starting in Proverbs 120, this, so yeah, not just a sweet, sweet voice. This is what she says. So Proverbs says, wisdom cries out in the streets, Lady Wisdom. She raises her voice in the mall. She cries out from atop the walls on the roads leading to the city. So the point is, Lady Wisdom is crying out from everywhere, right? And she says this. How much longer, you ignorant people, will you love being ignorant? How much longer, you mockers, will you keep mocking? How much longer will fools sneer at understanding? Listen closely to my warning, for I'll pour out my heart to you and tell you what's on my mind. Because I called you and you chose not to listen. Because I beckoned and you ignored me. Because you rejected all my advice and rejected all my counsels. I, in turn will laugh at your calamity. I will mock you when fear swallows you up, when panic falls down upon you like a snowstorm, when terror engulfs you like a tornado, when distress and anguish knock you down. At that time, you will call upon me, but I won't answer. When you search for me, I'll be hiding because you despised knowledge, didn't fear almighty God, ignored all my advice, and turned up your nose at my cautions. Now you must eat the fruit of going your own way and choke on your own choices. When you turn away from me, you're choosing death, and your complacency will ruin you, you fool. But you who listen, you who listen to me, will be at peace, have quiet, and fear no misfortune. Man, (laughs) so she's not the kind kindergarten teacher, but man, isn't that something? Like, which way will you go? Will you listen? Because it matters. In other words, going back to our song from Tick, Tick, Boom, cages or wings, which do you prefer? Like, will you choose the way that binds or the way that sets you free? Ask the birds. They do not sow or reap or or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Fear or love, baby? Like wisdom or folly, baby? Which will you choose? But don't say the answer, because it's not about what you say or know, but true wisdom is what you do, because actions speak louder than words. So will you listen for wisdom calling and act on it, for these everyday decisions that we make are the subtle movements that add up to become our lives. What will you do with the time that you have? Another reason I started with a little song clip is just to demonstrate how wisdom finds us. 
It captures our heart through song and film and musical and through every medium. And what a gift it is that God moves us and speaks so prolifically in the language of wisdom in the everyday things. You may know that it's tragically ironic that Jonathan Larson's musicals capture this urgency to live and love and no day but today and and that he sensed this ticking of time passing because the great tragedy of it all is that when Jonathan Larson was finally making it, he died of an aortic aneurysm on the early morning of January 25th, 1996, the day of Rent's first off-Broadway preview performance. He was 35 years old. It was all just about to take off, and it would become a worldwide sensation that changed musical theater and changed culture in all the ways that Jonathan dreamed, and he didn't get to see any of it. The wild impact that he made on this world. My friends, wisdom calls to us with that same urgency into a life well-lived now, today, because we don't know about tomorrow. So friends, I want to offer just two final things as we live into this this week. So first, I just commission you to read yourself some Proverbs this week. Maybe even memorize one or two. Dog vomit, that's a good one to go with, right? Uh, that's, so those proverbial wisdom, again, that's like chapters 10 through 31 for those little sayings. But if you're up for it, even spend some time in the first nine chapters and get caught up in lady wisdom and her evocative sensory desire-inducing poetry I've loved digging into the Proverbs in preparation for today. Again, because now, you know, I know I can read it not as like prescriptive, but as this very spirit-filled nuggets of wisdom that I can just let interact with my life and with this world in really creative and organic ways. So please explore Proverbs so that you can discover some of this on your own. Play with this wisdom literature that we have and it's best done in like small little bites, right? Like read a, read a few Proverbs at the most, okay? So that's the first thing. And then second is this. Someone who knows what like the wise decision is and doesn't do it is a fool. Knowledge isn't enough. The data isn't enough. It's wisdom is in what we do. Actions speak louder than words. And I know that, and yet... These days, I often feel like the fool because I don't do it. And I'm here to tell you that, like, I'm a pastor with a lot of tools at my fingertips to cope, and man, I am struggling. And so if you're struggling your way through January on the heels of a hard December, at the back end of a disappointing fall, feeling far from your best self, or maybe even like a little bit of a fraud at having faith or seeking wisdom or any of this, I just want to say, friend, me too. Because of all the things that make life feel really impossible right now, because of all that, on any given day, with any given decision, it feels hard to actually take action and be wise, right, in ways that lead to that good life right now. So do you feel me? Yes? Yeah, like, man, it is hard, even when I know the thing to do, right? So I just want to say that out loud. I know things, like, I could do things that, that moved me in that, into that life well lived. But things are just hard. And I just want to offer this as a word of grace in case this is you too. Like as you hear this, like, great, that all sounds really great, but it's like really hard right now. Like it's okay if we're the fool some of the time too. 
It does not for a moment change the bottom line of you and me as boundlessly loved and embraced by our God who is with us in this struggle, whose grace is the stuff that is like dragging us along however slow, right? So I have found this week that even just reading some of the Proverbs can be a really cathartic baseline for us to feel grounded and oriented and curious in this disorienting time. Also watching Tick, Tick, Boom or Encanto does that as well. Um, But it's okay if Lady Wisdom is rolling her eyes at us a little bit these days. That's okay to be the fool. So I also, though, ask, if this is you, if you're feeling that way too, I ask you to still let Lady Wisdom call to you and reach you and move you. And I dare you to name even just one thing you can do that is a yes to this call of Lady Wisdom, inviting you into this way of life that is good. So can you take a moment and just, in these next few minutes, just listen to your life and to that call of wisdom and name one thing that you can do today or this week? Because it all starts with just like that one step in the right direction. Okay. Now, there's so much more we could say about Proverbs, our brilliant teacher, but that is it for today, my friends. So the book of Proverbs is really beautiful, end scene, but... If we take a step back, some people would argue it's a little too simplistic because sometimes horrible things happen to those really wise people and sometimes foolish people get rewarded and so many of us have lived this story, right? It doesn't always work out the way that we think it should, which is why we need to go and listen to our next wise friend, Ecclesiastes, the cynic, next Sunday because he's wrestled with that very problem and he's gonna push us further in our journey to find the good life, yes? But this week, let's stay with Lady Wisdom. Let her have her way. Can you hear her? Do you hear wisdom calling? She calls us into the way of wisdom, the path that leads to a life well lived, which falls in step with the way of Jesus too. And I'm so grateful that we get to listen and seek and follow together. Amen? Amen.